burn with the post. <clears throat> no, I got a better idea. Look, I want you to bake the post, throw an interception to Claire, get her to feel good, you know, get to involve me. You think you can do that? John, let's push team off state. I can put the ball wherever I want to. I'll make it rain out here. All right, guys, bring it in. Blue 17! Oh, you're going to cover me. Like white on rice. All right, I like my odds here. I'm going to give you a little warning. I'm going downtown. Hot route! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! Look for me in the end zone after this play. I'll be the guy holding the ball. John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't... What is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dynasty Kings Fantasy Football Podcast, Season 2, Week 8, joined as always by the king of time zones, Ben Goldstein. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you, man? Great, yeah, you freaked me out a little bit when you sent that text earlier. Yeah, well, you know, I'm always communicating in mountain time, Ben. Yeah, I love that about you. That's my favorite thing about you. And what's important to know is that you're in Pacific time, and then soon the clock will change, and you'll have six months of mountain time, and then six months of Pacific time. My when question that, is, then, when does that change, though? Pro- probably in a couple weeks, because we're in November. I need, I need an exact date. Yeah, well, you can look that up on the internet. It um, doesn't tell me. It tells you exactly when daylight savings time is, and you guys don't acknowledge it, so then you turn to mountain time instead of Pacific. Ben, here's my Maybe- question. You make it sound so easy, but it's not. Oh, it's incredibly simple. I've lived in Arizona. It was never complicated. <laughs> um, ben, here's my question. You watch a lot of sports, right? Yeah. When they on ESPN say this game starts at 8.30 Eastern, do you have a time in your head as to like when that is? Or are you just like, oh, it might be 2 or 3? Mostly 5.30. Right. So you know you're in Pacific, though, because that's exactly yes. where you grew up. But okay. then just, I get just confused. Just making sure. Well, then I get pardon me. Then I get confused when others change and we don't change, and sometimes it does become two hours like difference between other time zones. It's very that's what gets me. That I don't believe, but I'll take you on your word, Ben. Um, it is Wednesday, November second, five forty p.m. Mountain Standard Time, four forty p.m. Pacific Time. 7.40 p.m. Eastern Time. We could do a whole we hour are, on debating this. <laughs> we could. We could do that. We've got Zach Ferrando coming later on the podcast. He'll actually be arriving at my house very shortly since the whole timing was off. Um, maybe we'll hop him in for most of the podcast here, Ben. I know you have a couple ants in town. You'll have to leave after the first half of the, the podcast. Yeah, um, we wish the, so, you know. We, yeah, we wish the very best to your ants, of course. Um, but this Appreciate is a loaded, packed, content-filled podcast. It's got new things that we haven't done before, some suggestions from this week. There's a lot to it. Ben, I'm going to let you start with the Taco Bell takeaway of the week. Okay. Um, I didn't get too depth here, but I just put one line. Trade deadline madness. Um, by far the most active NFL trade line we've ever seen. Um, it seems to go up and up every year. It has. I've seen some numbers. It is going up every year. Um, and this was by far the most active ever. Um, and there were massive names moved on both sides of the ball. Um, you had TJ Hawkinson, Christian McCaffrey, Naheem Hines, uh, Calvin Ridley on the offensive side of the ball. 
Um, am I forgetting anyone that n- notable? Mm-hmm. No, I'm good. Defensively, no, you are. Who, who am I Chase, forgetting? Chase Claypool. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That was the biggest trade of the week. Thank you. You're right. We'll get to that later as well. We will get to that. Um, and then defensively, I mean, Bradley Chubb uh, and a bunch of other guys moved and lots of picks moved. So um, big day. How good is Bradley Chubb? Um, I do think he's good. He's kind of having like a down season. I get that. Um, but like, it's, it's, I will say this, like that whole Denver defense is pretty damn good. I think he's part of it. Like, I know that he's not producing the numbers, but I think he's getting pressures at least, which always helps. And I think, uh, I, I like Miami's defense. They're a little, little leaky at times, but, um, he's not, I think he's going to make an immediate impact. Here's what I would say. The only reason I asked that, I don't necessarily think he's like bad by any yeah. means. He was a very high pick. He hasn't exactly met those expectations. Now injuries have factored in plenty. My question is a lot of people reacted like, Oh, like what are the Broncos doing? I can't believe they gave him up. And I'm like, I can't believe they got a first rounder for a guy that was a top five pick like four or five years ago. I can't believe they got solid, but not well, they got two, didn't they? No, just one and then a later pick. But um, I was just surprised because, like, also they would have had to pay him this offseason. I'm like, you're telling me that a guy who, like, you're definitely not going to re-sign for big money because he's not worth as much as some of the edge rushers, plus getting a first-round pick in return? Like, I thought that was a great move for them. So do you think Miami's just going for it this year? No, I just think – well, I mean, they definitely are, but also, like, they traded San Francisco's pick that they got in, in a separate deal. Um, they might have also traded their own pick already, but I think they had an extra first round pick in some variety. So that's the one that they used on this. So I think it made yeah. sense for them. It's, 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 it's an interesting trade. I think it's a, I think it's a good trade for Miami. I think they're just swinging for the fences at this point and they're hoping that they can somehow, you know, get past the chiefs or the bills in the playoffs to make a run here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting trade, but I mean, Overall, that trade deadline, which was tons of fun and uh, definitely had fans impact all over the league. So, yeah. Yeah, it did. And what was funny, too, is, yeah, they kept mentioning, like, oh, this was the most active trade deadline ever. And it was. And still, I'm like, I could have used, like, seven more names getting traded. Like, the fact that Kareem Hunt didn't get traded. The fact that Brandon Cooks didn't get traded. Like, some of those ones, I'm like, okay, it was really active, but it still, like, wasn't, like, that crazy, like, you know who really um, screwed the pooch during the trade deadline was the Rams with Cam, Cam Akers. Like, yeah, another the one. The fact yeah, that they but... made him inactive for the last two games, I think that pretty much like shot his trade value down because teams were like, "Well, like we're not going to give you a high pick for someone you don't really care about. Like, we're just going to offer you like maybe like a five or something like that." And I think the Rams were looking for some, you know. Something more than that, and it just wasn't coming. So they held on to him. They're going to try to work it out, but I don't – like, that seems odd. But do you think that's why they kept him inactive? Because they were looking to trade him and didn't want to get hurt? No, no, no. I think it was – I think they were inactive. Like a personal thing. Yeah, no, no. I think he was inactive because it sounds like maybe he didn't – he was just kind of done playing for the Rams. I don't know. Right. Um. That's what's weird. It's like I don't, I don't know. I just thought maybe it would have been kept under wraps a little bit more, 
like Sean McVay came out and pretty much just said, like, we're moving on without him. Like, we're going to try to trade him. And, like, I just feel like, why don't you just keep under wraps a little bit more and then, like, see what happens? Yeah, agree completely. Anyway, was was good fun. Definitely had some impact on uh, on fantasy. My big takeaway, NFC wide open. You got your Panthers and Lions at the very bottom of the conference. They're pretty much out of it. At the top, you do have the Eagles and Vikings looking good. And then you've got the Seahawks and Falcons, two surprise teams who are division leaders. Cowboys and Giants are both six and two. They're in a good spot in terms of wild card. But then there are eight teams that are either four and four or three and five. Technically, the Rams are three and four because they've already had their bye. But just a wild, like, the Niners are the sixth seed at four and four right now. And then seven teams right behind them. The Commanders are right there at four and four. You've got your proven commodities like the Packers and the Bucks, And then you've got some other upstart teams that are right there as well. Um, so just an interesting mix uh, of teams in, in that. The Rams, you could say, obviously, is another proven team that's, that's struggling. Um, so it's going to be kind of fun to see how that sorts out. I think the top four is is pretty solid as far as, you know, the Vikings and the Eagles and then the Cowboys and the Giants all seem like good bets to make the playoffs. And the Seahawks are looking solid right now, but still a long way to go. A huge lead in their division. Um, so this is not, you know, new information, but just it's NFC is dramatically different than the AFC in terms of who's who. Yep. No, it's, it's, it's definitely wide open. Uh, let me ask you, how do you feel about the Vikings? Would you think they're uh, a legit team, legit contender? What's your feelings on the Vikings? I don't think that they're any different than the past couple of years. I do think the new coach, Kevin O'Connell probably helps. Yep. I agree. To a certain extent, I just think mm-hmm. that they've kind of had things go their way and have won the close games, which there's something to be said about that. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of what everyone says is like until Kirk Cousins proves it in prime time under the lights, I'm not all of a sudden taking them more seriously than before. I mean, the yeah. fact that they're six and one and they're one losses to the Eagles is a good look, obviously. Yeah. Um, I've always thought, you know, they have the pieces. They have one of the best receivers, one of the best running backs, a really good second receiver in Thielen, even though I hate him. Um, adding Hawkinson doesn't hurt at all. Defense has some playmakers. Zadarius Smith, Harrison Smith. Is both their last name Smith? Uh, Zedari- yeah, Harrison Zedarius. Yep, 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 yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, the brothers. Um, They're related. They're related. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think I don't think of them any differently. But, you know, sometimes teams that have kind of been, like, on the cusp for a while all of a sudden have that one year where it's kind of special. It could be that year. I think because it's the NFC, like, them getting to the NFC championship game wouldn't like shock me by any means. I would be surprised to see them in the Super Bowl, but you never know. I mean, as much as, as great as the Eagles look, I still am not like convinced that they're, you know, gonna go undefeated and just be world beaters all year. Like they'll have some like adversity at some point. Um Yeah. So yeah, true. we'll see. Yeah. I like yeah. them now. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm right there with you. Cool. Um, let's get into some scores recap, Ben. Let me go ahead and zoom this bad boy in a little bit so I can see everything, huh? Um, Skaggs Island, 129 and a half. Bilbo Swaggins, 119 and a half. I'm going to refrain from saying where people are in the standings because we'll go over the standings completely. Um, that was a wild game. We texted about this a little bit earlier. High scoring, obviously. And I really got saved by garbage time. Like Brandon Cooks and Damian Pierce were both doing nothing against the Titans because they looked horrible against the Titans. And then in the final drive, they went from like four combined points to like 20. Pierce scored a touchdown. Cooks ended up with 73 yards. 
they had done almost nothing up to that point. And then on the Monday night game, needed Hurst and T. Higgins for like 10 points. Took forever to get over that hump. Finally, Higgins scores the touchdown at the end. So 129 and a half was a good score, don't get me wrong, but just a huge boost from, from garbage time. Also, shout out to Dak Prescott for 25 points. First time having a quarterback over 20 points all season. Go Skags Island. Uh, the Darren Narwallers, 82 and a half. Bill Marvel's Llamas, 75. That was a close one. We needed Samaji Pirain and David Bell to do some stuff on Monday night. The Savage Salmon, 106 and a half. Pizzapalooza, 82 and a half. Sa- Salmon, quietly, on the rise. Listen, it's, it's one day at a time. We stack yeah. days. We stack good days. And we just want to see results. That's all we're doing. That's a winning formula right there. Scott's I heard Jacoby Brissett say that after the game on Monday night, so shout out, Jacoby. That's perfect. Shout out, Jacoby. What a shit football game. Uh, 133 and a half, Scott's Tots, Bees Nuts, 96. Scott's Tots rolling, Bees Nuts not rolling. Maz Meatloaf, 152. Bellify Island, 77. Stop me where you've heard that before. And then lastly, the Golden Bandits with a cool 175 over Omaha Baseball, 61. This was one, I mean, not one of, this was the highest scoring week of the year in fantasy football across all my leagues. I feel like teams were going nuts. Um, so we always love that. Yep. Quick standing update. You had mentioned this the other day. Probably a good idea to highlight the standings since we're this far in. Usually I mention the records and things like that, kind of throw some things here and there. Um, I've got all the all the data here. We've got Moz Meatloaf, 8-0, number one. Clear on the points by 200 over Anthony. Um, really in a good spot to get that one seed there. Skaggs Island in second at 7-1. and one. Golden Bandits in third at 6-2. and two. We actually play each other this week. That should be a big one for seeding purposes. Looks like Anthony's got me by about 70 points, um, so he would win that tiebreaker as of now, but plenty of time to, uh, to make up that difference from a points perspective. And then fourth place, we got Scott's Tots by himself at 5-3, and three, a healthy 876 points, just uh, nine points behind Skaggs Island there. And then a little bit of a drop-off to the two four and four teams. We've got Bellify Island in fifth, Darren Narwallers in sixth, and then a big cluster of folks at three and five, just outside the playoff hunt as it stands. Will Sale at three and five, Bees Nuts, Daniel Pilger, Robert Blair, Ben Goldstein, all three and five, two and six for Pizzapalooza, and bringing up the rear of the Marlboro's Llamas at 0 and 8. Anything that stands out in these standings, Ben? Um, well, I, you know, I think that <clears> – <throat> that middle of the pack where everyone's just trying to claw their way to the six seed. There's what, like four or five teams right there. Um, kind of what I can say about all those teams, I think at this point, because I feel like I've spoken to at least two or three about two or three of them about trade, you know, trades and stuff like that is that we're just all like, so like low on depth that we can't trade any of our starters that we're just trying to trade picks. We also don't have tons of picks either because we just mortgage those for some reason. And so we're all in the same boat. <laughs> and so no one's trading with anyone because we just can't do it. <laughs> um, I love that. But, yeah, you know, I think it's going to be a very interesting end of the season. Very interesting, and I'm excited. Great to hear. Um, let's get into a couple of superlatives. We're not going to do the ease eye-opening performance of the week. We've scrapped that for this week. Uh, we've got the Cole Komet of the week, scoring zero in a starting lineup. 
Rashad Bateman, he did get hurt, but he played enough to do something, and I'm just bitter about it. Uh, Traquan Smith and Jelani Woods in Travis's uh, lineup. Who knows why they're in his lineup, but they both had zero. And then George Pickens, real up-and-down season continues on Rob's team, zero points. Pittsburgh couldn't do anything against Philly that that game, so not super surprising there. Uh, Rico Gathers of the week. Shout-out to Rico Gathers. I'll start with Zach's boy, Evan Ingram. Big-time performance in London, four catches, 55 yards, one touchdown, 13 fantasy points. I just always love shouting out Evan Ingram. Ben, you and I have traded him back and forth several times. I know we've mentioned this on the podcast. Currently a Jaguar, currently a Narwhaler. Anyway, solid performance on the bench. Unfortunately, Zach's boy, Jawan Johnson, only had two points in the starting lineup. Zach is now in attendance, scarfing down a burrito as we speak. Can't wait to come onto the pod. I love that. Ben, who's your Rico Gathers of the Week? Uh, sorry, I'm just kind of doing multiple things here at once. I have this is a this is a big shocker. Um, this guy's a real underdog, real underdog story. Um, uh, and that would be Kyle Pitts, um, mm-hmm. Travis's team. Um, it's just great to see this random tight end score a touchdown finally and get 16 and a half fantasy points. So, shout out to Kyle Pitts. So real, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, that's mean. That's mean. I because I do like Kyle Pitts a lot. I do. Um, I do too. But it's just, it's just, it was just low hanging fruit that I had to, you know, make fun of. Oh, like I told you, I thought about highlighting him as well because it was like, hey, look at that, he did something. And as we both kind of agree, it's not necessarily his fault that he's struggled so yeah. much this season. But yeah, um, yeah you know, we got to keep picking new tight ends to highlight. We can t- highlight the best tight end in the league if we need to. You know, true. We can do whatever we want in the Rico Gathers of the week. All right, here's what I'm going to do real quick, uh, old Benjamin. I'm going to take off my AirPods. We're going to be live with Zach in attendance. He doesn't necessarily need to say anything yet. He's still working on the burrito. But I feel like he should be hearing the the rookie redraft. The Dynasty Kings 2022 rookie redraft presented by Reese's. That's a handful right there, a mouthful. Uh, Let's go ahead and keep it going. Love it. Hello, Ben. Hey, 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 how's it going? Good, how are you? Oh, I'm a little anxious right now. Yeah? Yeah, we're getting, uh, it's National Signing Day Part 2, and I'm I'm in the running for the number 40th recruit in the nation. Big offensive lineman, I need him. Love that. Yeah. You're at Washington State still? Oh, yeah, go Cougs. Go Cougs. Um, yeah, sorry for the abrupt stopping of recording when I took my AirPods off. That's okay. I blame Zach. Hello, Ben. Oh, hey, Zach. How's it going? I'm doing well. I already heard you're doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. Gigi says hello, too. She's right next to the microphone. I miss Gigi. She says hello. Nice to talk to you guys. (laughs) All right. Here's what we're going to do, Ben. I already Let's hear it. On the other side. We're redrafting. I've got the odd picks. You've got the even picks. Yep. We went through this earlier pretty quickly. We'll kind of do some explaining. I, I'll, I'll admit we didn't necessarily like think too much about the teams who are picking and what they need, just more so of like how the players are. Um, yeah. So I had Rob's pick number one, and I took Brees Hall. And like I didn't really know how to treat the injury thing. He just like looked like the best rookie before he got hurt, so that's why I put him there. Um, obviously, if like you knew he was going to get hurt after seven weeks, like you probably wouldn't take him one, maybe. But to me, he was the best rookie before. 
who got hurt. Yep, no, that's that's definitely sorry. I just lost out on two top fifty recruits, so that's just tough. But yeah, no, that is that's that's uh yeah, sorry, I'm just shook right now. But uh yeah, no, that is uh I think that's the right pick. Brees Hall has shown that he is I mean, by far the number one rookie, even be, I mean, I know he's hurt, but like dynasty value wise, like he's just number one. Uh should I go with number two? Yeah, if you want. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, number two, Scott. I went with Drake London. <clears throat> I don't think he's actually number two, but league favorite. I think that he still would have gone number two. Like, you know, dynasty value-wise, still, I think, a very good pick. Um, and he's just a very, you know, he's just a league favorite. So, number two, Scott, Drake London. I've got Daniel at number three, taking Kenneth Walker the third. Heavy on running back now that we're redoing this. He's been awesome, obviously, ever since Rashad Penny got hurt. And you can never have too many running backs in fantasy football. Very true. And he's got two stud rookie offensive tackles blocking for him, too, for the next 10 years. So, right. Important to shout out. Shout out. Uh, Number four, William. Uh, We will go with your boy, Damian Pierce. Um, This is a pretty relatively big jump for him here. Um, but I think that he's shown that he is going to be a very good running back in this league, even behind a pretty shitty offensive line on a shitty offense. Um, and that's just nice dynasty value wise, uh, to have a running back like that. So number four, William Damian Pierce. Number five, we're going to go Travis with Chris Olave. I find this funny because Chris Olave has been by far the best rookie receiver. And yet he Uh-oh. Won later in the draft <laughs> than he did in the actual. Um, I would I would probably take him in four for William, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, he's been great. His statistics, like, look really good. Like, he looks really good and everything. I still don't feel like he's had this, like, amazing, like, obviously we're not talking about, like, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase type of stuff. Yeah. Um, he looks really <laughs> solid. They've had a pretty – mediocre quarterback situation so far this year. He seems like the most consistent rookie wide receiver so far. Right. Is that and, and I yeah. feel like the big difference between him and Garrett Wilson and Drake <clears throat> that is like they're actually throwing the ball and like targeting him. Like the other guys just yeah. aren't nearly as many yeah. targets. Yeah, no, Olave's always had that <clears throat> ability to get open in any in almost any situation. He's just kind of different than the rest of them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a zone beater and he's always been really good at that. And Andy Dalton is a smart quarterback. I think we can give that to him at least. Um, and he's going to make the smart. Well, I say that, <laughs> but I did go to that Cardinals game. So, um, yeah. but I think most of the time he's a pretty smart quarterback. So yeah. Good. Right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of Garrett Wilson, we are going to go with him to the number six pick to Rob. Um, I do think that he's by far the best available player um here at this pick. Um I think it's a really good pick at six. Um so Garrett Wilson, Rob. Roger that. I've got Scott taking George Pickens at seven. Thought about Jamison Williams here. It's it's hard it's with Jamison Williams not having played like obviously everyone knew he was gonna be out at the beginning so mm-hmm. the jury didn't really fall much but like just because we've seen some of these other guys play. Um we're going George Pickens though. At number seven, it would. I mean, he wasn't available, but like, I feel like George Pickens' upside right now is a little bit better than Traylon Burks, and Traylon yep. 
Colts when he got picked. <clears throat> yeah, no, I agree. It's not like Scott had the selection of Pickens available. I agree. And it's a Scott type of pick. He loved Pickens probably. <laughs> um, number, that's no shot. I like Pickens too, but yeah, just seems like a Scott type of pick. Um, number eight, Bosco. I am going to go with Jamison Williams here. Um, I do think that fits Bosco's rebuilding process perfectly. Um, you get a guy who probably would have been a top 10 pick if he hadn't gotten injured. Uh, oh, he was a top 10 pick, wasn't he? No, he was like right outside the top 10. But draft? Jamison Williams? In our draft? Or the no, real draft, real draft, real draft. Yeah, he was like 12. Yeah, so he was right outside of it, even though he tore his ACL. But like, he was going to be like a top 10 pick for sure. Um, and he was going to run like a four or four forty. I mean, he's, you know, he's a freak athlete. Um, and I think the lions are doing the right thing by holding him out for as long as, you know, need be to get this guy healed up and get him back to the beast that he can be. And so, uh, Jamison Williams to number eight, Bosco. All right. I've got my own pick at number nine. I'm going to go with, had it been the draft, I would have taken Sky Moore. Thank God I didn't. Uh, it would be John <laughs> got hurt. But showed some real good flashes early. I don't love having a ton of players on the commanders. That never is fun, but I think John Dotson slides right in here. I thought about Romeo Dubs, um, but Dotson, kind of the best guy who was hyped going in and looked solid at his early going. Yeah, that's a good pick. I agree. Um, <clears throat> number 10, Bosco is up again, and I am going to go with a Green Bay Packers receiver, but not that piece of shit, Christian Watson. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Romeo Dubs. Um, what he's really sh- Dubs. Dobbs. Dubs. Oops. Anyways, uh, he's been pretty damn good this season. Um, shown that he can probably be like a wide receiver one in the future if like Aaron Rodgers stops doing like hard drugs. Um, so <laughs> yeah, good pick here by Bosco. So I've got Zach's pick at 11, and I took Alec Pierce. Zach obviously wouldn't take a guy like that because he hates white people as much as I do. Yeah, he he does hate white people a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, for good reason. Yeah, well, that's that's true. That's true. Yeah, it's a terrible race. We've Uh, done some awful things. Anyway, Alec Pierce has looked like solid in his rookie year so far. I was actually going to take him at 15 in the early draft, but I traded that pick to Scott. There you have it. Truth from the source. Love that. <clears throat> Number 12, Scott. Um, I am going to go with uh, Brian Robinson, the Washington Commanders running back. Um, I do think that he is a starting running back in the future, um, even kind of right now a little bit, splitting – well, getting a lot of carries from Antonio Gibson. Um, and I think at the number 12 pick, this is very good value. So, Brian Robinson. Solid. Then let's, let's quickly rapid fire through the second round. Let's do it. 13th pick, I've got your pick. Traylon Burks still on the board. I know you liked him going in. He showed some flashes, got hurt early. He wouldn't have fallen out. Yep, nope, yep, for sure. Uh, Travis Pacheco, Isaiah Pacheco at 14. Um, I think at this point he is the best value pick, and he's gotten some playing time, so Pacheco. 15th pick, we've got Scott taking James Cook. Has shown some flashes here and there. Obviously, we'll start here with the fumble. Um, Naeem Hines' addition doesn't exactly help, but I still think they'll continue to get him involved in such a fun offense. One injury away from having real relevancy. Yeah, I agree. Uh, 
number Pick 16. Right here. <laughs> this is it. Number 16, William. Uh, this is the biggest riser, right, of the draft that we had? Yeah, I mean, he, like I, I said he was like 45th in my pre-draft rankings. Yeah, okay, in your ranking, sorry. Um, uh, but this would be Greg Dulcich, tight end for the Broncos. I know William was – William, I don't see – actually, this is probably a really bad pick, but this is probably going to piss him off that I picked Greg Dulcich. He hates, there, yeah. he hates white people probably more than you guys. Um, and he likes Isaiah likely a lot. So, but I mean, Dulcich is just better. So, Dulcich. I'm just guessing. I don't have the sheet in front of me, but I'm guessing that the the Dulcich was also picked in like the 40s or something, right? Like, yeah. He was off no, a bad draft originally. I have Dulcich. Yeah, I but, drafted him at 48. I think. 48. Yeah, so 45 was a reasonable ranking. Yeah. Uh, Big rise though. Seventeenth, Rob Khalil Shakur, go blue. Boise's so back. Uh, I really like. Still, Shakur's not playing a lot right now because he's on the Bills. They have a lot of options. But right when he steps into that slot, we're always going to be a star. Love that. Go blue. Uh, go number blue. eighteen, Bosco is up. Um, now I just talked shit about this player, but he's not as shitty as the next pick. Um, this, would be, <laughs> this would be Christian Watson, wide receiver for the Packers. So yes. Uh, Bosco is getting the two Packers wide receiver, but again, anything is better than this next pick that is Joe's gonna pick. Go on, <laughs> the 19th pick, Joe's taking Sky Moore. That's guys. Um, he's had a three time, pick. three time zero player of the week, right? Yeah, Cole Command of the week. Yep, good points in most of his outcomes. Um, it's been a rocky start. They just acquired Kadarius Tony. Things aren't exactly pointing up for Sky Moore. But at this point, we're getting to pretty slim pickings, so we went went ahead with it. True, true. No, I, I yeah, I get you. Uh, yeah, number twenty, Joe is up again, and I'm gonna go with Tyler Algier, the Falcons' running back. Um, he has been getting some major touches here and there, um, and Cordell yep. Patterson has been out, and uh, he looks like he's a pretty hard runner. Uh, maybe not the most fast or elusive guy, but a guy who's gonna get you some touches. So. Nice pick here at 20 for Joe. Sweet. 21, I've got Zach taking Wandale Robinson. Like I said, pickings get pretty slim around here. He's had a couple games where he's been solid since he came back from injury. The Giants have no one at receiver. He was a second-round pick. I'm not a big fan of the player, but he looks okay. Love that. <coughs> he me. was taking 20th for context, so right around there, the same. There we go. That's not bad at all. Uh, number 22, Rob. Um, I am going to take Tyquan Thornton, uh, Patriots wide receiver. Uh, I think he is – he's playing relatively well the last couple of weeks. He's made some big catches here and there. Um, Patriots offense isn't great, but I do think he offers a lot of upside. So, at 22, I think that's the pick. Sweet. I've got 23 Knicks for selection. And we're going to mirror exactly who he took, Rashad White. We think it was the right Love that. And handcuffs for net for him. Exactly. Doing a little bit as a backup from time to time. I know there's chatter on fantasy Twitter about, you know, go pick up Rashad White because maybe Fournette's wearing down or whatever it may be. Um, just solid. A running back with upside. Obviously, wasn't going to start year one, but um, still like still like the value there. <clears throat> to wrap it up, um, 24, Travis, Isaiah Likely, tight end. Uh, Williams guy goes here. Uh, Baltimore Ravens tight end. 
I think he offers some uh, upside at a uh, tight end position for the Ravens as like a two tight end set in the future. Um, and I just feel like he was probably the best value pick here at 24. And he's been solid. Not he great, has been. But he's been solid enough considering he's a backup tight end. Yeah. No, for sure. And then for those wondering, there were five guys who were not selected here that were originally drafted in the top 24. Uh, we had Jalen Tolbert, who was picked 14th overall in the real draft. David Bell, 18th overall in the real draft, I believe. Danny Gray, 21st overall. Forgot, oh, well. forgot who that was, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Isaiah Spiller, 23 or 22. And then Trey McBride is 24th. So basically, Travis swapped Trey McBride with Isaiah Likely. McBride probably still a decent prospect, just hasn't been playing much. We talked about it last week with Travis. I agree. I agree. Traded TJ Hawkinson. So there's, I'm sure he's stepping up into a tight end role. It was just funny to me because then the rest of the league obviously agreed. No one else put a single bid in, but Scott put in $32. Solid. Love it. Now he's got the Vikings tight end. I, I think that I picked up the actual starting tight end for the Lions, by the way. Blake Wright, just an FY. So for yeah. $0 today. Later, Ben, huh? Yeah, just today he was just some scraps, and I said, hello, here we go. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see who emerges between Blake Wright and James Mitchell, two really intriguing prospects. Um, <laughs> ben, $20 bid on Deion Jackson, the backup running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Now that Naheem Hines has been traded, uh, you yep. did drop Shai Smith in the process. Your love affair with Shai Smith has been really interesting to track this season. Dropping, adding, dropping. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I just ask, as someone that is not a big like follower of Shai Smith's career, is he playing? Is he doing things? He does. He does get a lot of snaps, but he just doesn't actually do anything with them. Okay, so no stats, just snaps. Yes. Okay, that's something. Uh, Palooza, two ads here. We had Demiri Bird, the Atlanta wide receiver, for $10. And then Samori Toure, the Green Bay wide receiver, for $7. In the process, he dropped Tyler Johnson and Mark Ingram. Ingram got hurt this past week. I clicked on him being like, oh, I could add Mark Ingram. Oh, just kidding. He's old and injured. Uh, the Savage Salmon put a $5 bid in for Justice Hill, but were unsuccessful because you had already dropped Shy Smith in a previous transaction. And then, of course, we've got Joe Bellify spraying the field as always. Dollar bid for Joe. Raymond. Zero dollar bid for Boston Scott. $0 bid for Deion Jackson. He did drop Raheem Blackshear in the process. Another guy, I have no idea who that is. Uh, and then the Darren Narwhalers. Zappy Boy with Nkeel Harry, Chicago wide receiver. $0 ad. You love to see it. Any thoughts on Nkeel Harry, Zach? Uh, I mean, he scored a touchdown, right? So ben, I'm talking to Zach. <laughs> yeah, oh, he... sorry. Sorry, 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 sorry. He was hurt at the start of the season, so... And now he's back? Now he's back, and he, he had a touchdown, so... Okay. Three-headed monster <laughs> between Mooney, Claypool, and, and Keel Harry? Yeah, maybe. 
Those guys had some, uh, yeah, had, would have been a legit college trio, that's for sure. <laughs> um, that's true. I'm not trying to knock them too hard. I mean, Harry obviously has them again as a first-round pick. But uh, week nine matchups, we'll run through them real quick, Ben. What's your timing look like, Ben, before the ants dinner? I think I've got another 20 minutes or so. I'm good. 20 minutes. Wow, we might be able to finish this whole thing. Uh, Golden Bandits, 6-2. and two. Skags Island, 7-1. Massive implications for seeding in the playoffs. Going for that number two seed, the bye. Current projection, Skaggs Island, 117.3. Golden Bandits, 106.1. La Marvelous Llamas, 0-8. Pits and Palooza, 2-6. Some would say this is the toilet bowl. 71 is a projection for La Marvelous Llamas. 91 is a projection for Travis. You never know if the Llamas win. All of a sudden, that first pick race gets within a game. <laughs> Scott Stock, 5-3. Darren Narwallers, 4-4. Four 97.9 projection for Scott, 71.4 for Zach. Absolutely decimated by buys and injuries this week. You hate to see it. Bilbo Swaggins, 3 and 5. The Savage Salmon, 3 and 5. Pretty big matchup. The top 3 and 5 team versus the bottom 3 and 5 team as far as points. William has yet to change his lineup, so he's still looking at 62.5 points projected. But he does not have a lot of options with a lot of people. I was going to say, to be honest, I did the math. It's still not looking great either way. What's not for Williams like score backups, <laughs> but I'm not gonna count my you know chickens before they hatch. Yeah, sounds like you're feeling pretty confident. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm just saying like my team is. I mean, my team sucks. It's, it could easily put up like 64 points this week, but fault, his team is also struggling as well. Guarantee a win on Twitter, man. Just get after. No, it. no, 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 no. I what did I say earlier, Andrew? One day at a time. Stack okay. the good days. We'll get see results. That's right. Moz Meatloaf, 8-0. Bees Nuts, 3-5. and five, Absolutely reeling. Some wonder if it's because of his team name not being changed yet. <laughs> 134 is a projection for Nick. 91 is a projection for Daniel. It'd be interesting to see who he plays between Herbert and Gino. He's been playing a lot of Gino this year, which is, like, cool because Gino's playing well, but, like, Herbert's also, like, a stallion. So, like, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> and then, lastly, two Arizona grads, two Apache Santa Cruz alum. All the homies ball three and five. Bellify Island four and four. Rob projected for eighty three. Joe projected for ninety seven point three. Big week for both fellows in terms of the playoff chase. Joe's been reeling a bit. Rob's been up and down all season. Should be an exciting week nine, Ben. I'm excited. It's gonna. I think it's gonna separate the standings a little bit, and maybe we can get some more trades going on next week. Absolutely. And don't worry, Ben. I did see your trade that you guys texted to me. Um, oh, yeah. No, I wasn't worried. I'll just go ahead and outside the text the, the regular way. It didn't really get the blood flowing to the cock that hard. Um, ben, we're going to hand it over to you for this section that is officially back. All righty. <clears throat> One of my favorite sections, recurring segments, um, and it's that time of the year. And we are going to do the Dynasty Draft Prospect Preview just presented by Duracraft Boats. Um, make sure you Google Duracraft Boats to find your local retailers to purchase your Duracraft boat for your boating season this summer and spring. <laughs> Prospect 1, of course, this is a tight ends league. So... <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Uh, all right. Tight ends league, Prospect 1, 
This is the whitest guy in the world. World. This is Tucker Craft, South Dakota State. I put his picture in here because I wanted like Andrew to like just give me like an opinion on him, what he looks like. I'll send a picture to the group. He, okay, hockey player. That's what I'm saying. He does look like a hockey player. Um. Anyways, um, <clears throat> some information I found on him because let's be honest with you, I've never really watched him. I've never watched him live, and there aren't a bunch of ton of highlights um of him online um but some factoids that i have found six five two sixty so uh big guy um supposed 4.740 so not the fastest um but the highlights that i saw i watched about 15 minutes of highlights at work today um well, i watched 10 minutes of highlights versus him against uh versus colorado state go rams <laughs> um, just on this guy or the that was the whole rematch the uh, replay. The whole the whole ten minutes was just him, his plays, his just cut ups of him. Wow. Yeah, it was great. It was great. So I saw it, it was good. It was that was probably the best video of him online. Um, and what I'll say is like he's athletic. He's for sure like a mismatch um, deep down the field. Um, lots of like there's he ranges in a lot of major draft rankings from like forty to like one hundred. Um, so we'll see what he does like in compine and like pro days and stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> but he's just, he's, he's an athletic guy, not the fastest, but he's like quick out of his routes and he's like twitchy, uh, match out, matchup kind of nightmare. Um, he's got good hands. Um, the blocking is like average. He's like fundamentally not quite there, but he's big enough. He's strong enough. He's quick enough to be a good blocker and to become one. So, um, I think he's like an intriguing prospect that I could see going late in our drafts for someone that might need a tight end. Beautiful. I'll start. The <laughs> All right. So prospect number two, this guy, I think is one of the more exciting, exciting ones. Um, and somebody that is looking for a quarterback, probably Zach, uh, will definitely draft this guy. Um, Hendon hooker quarterback, Tennessee. He is four- what I said, he is sick. Yeah, no, he is sick, and I know Zach loves his quarterbacks. Um, but 6'4", 220, fast-rising prospect that burst on the scene in 2021 with – he well, he, he came in after three games for Tennessee and then started the rest, and he threw 31 touchdowns and only three picks, which is uh, pretty good. Um, and then this season, he's helped Tennessee go undefeated with 21 touchdowns and only one interception. Um, from what I've seen, he's got a big, strong arm with pretty nice accuracy. Um, he's not exactly fast, but he's at, he's used his leg to make plays and get yards um, as a rusher. <clears throat> he definitely runs a more simplified like offense that most NFL offenses don't run. They'll be a little more complicated. So that will be interesting to see how he fits in a more pro style offense once he gets there. Um, but he's, he's got, he's talented he's very talented. Um, he's exciting. And I assume that he'll probably go like in the top two rounds in the real NFL draft. Um, he's got a huge game against Georgia this week, huge game. Um, so yeah, it will be fun to see. Um, he does turn 25 in January, so he is old. Well, I but... just take a note because that's what everyone says like, wow, he's sick, but he's also older than like, <clears throat> no, for sure. But I could see someone like drafting him late in our league and maybe getting a steal, you know. I mean, that's also like 10 years of quarterback, yeah. I'm uh I'm starting from the bottom of kind of well and Hennon Hooker is not at the bottom of the list, but he's kind of about bottom of the quarterback, like the good quarterbacks. 
Um, so I'm kind of starting at the bottom of the list this year, and we'll work our way up. I like that. You have full autonomy over this section, I'll tell you that. <clears throat> Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, since you're still here, Ben, let's get into a couple other things. We are going to go on the interview between Zach and I, but we can get through primetime pick'em. Uh, as you guys saw in the text, Anthony's diary has been canceled forever. Um, <laughs> it was fun while it was lasted. Um, I just want to make it clear here that Alan Robinson, so take Chase Claypool, right? His best season ever was like 60 catches, 800-something yards, nine touchdowns. His rookie year showed a lot of promise, right? It's important to remember that Allen Robinson has four such seasons that are better than that across catches, yards, and touchdowns. All right, you so fucking just, clown. Like, you know, kind of the whole, like, tell me you don't watch football without, like, telling me you don't watch football. Like, screenshotting, like, where they rank through seven weeks this year to compare who's who. Like, clearly, like, you haven't been watching at all. Um, so you're, you're getting me so fired up, Andrew. And so to- fired up right now. I love that. Uh, I will say Anthony did not text me anything, so I think he's taking the penalty um, yeah. not lightly. He understands uh, that he's being punished. Um, so he, he understands. He, he gets it. Um, yeah. I, we might have to talk about maybe not forever, um, but maybe <laughs> like, a three week, like a three-week suspension or something like that. Yeah. Um, Primetime pick'em, Thursday night football, Philadelphia at Houston. Houston getting 14 points. Zach, you're our guest. How do you see that game going? Um, Philadelphia is just so freaking good. I'm going to go with them winning by like 30. Love it. Ben? I was also close to picking Philadelphia here, but, man, that's a lot of fucking points. And I do feel like they're coming off a big win against their, like, you know, in-state rival i feel like maybe they get up to like like a 20 21 point lead in like at the half and maybe start taking out starters and stuff like that and maybe houston backdoor covers late in the game i don't know but um yeah houston plus 14 beautiful i'm also going houston plus 14 which is surprising because i watched the entire game against the titans last week and they looked awful ugly Philadelphia, like, should legitimately be favored by 30 here. Um, but 14 points is a fuck ton at home. Don't feel good about it. But we're just going to take the points. Sunday night football. The Tennessee Titans versus Zach's favorite team to watch on primetime. The Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs favored by 12 and a half. Zach, how do you see that one going? Um, again, I'm a, I actually am a big fan of these huge spreads and taking the favorite. So I will be Kansas City at home by 12 and a half. I think smash whatever the over is as well. Okay. Interesting. Zach, yeah. before I go into my pick here, did you take the plus five and a half in college football tonight in Maxion? It's No, it's not college. It's just NFL. Okay, well, we'll see how it works <laughs> out tonight. Hey, um, hey, there could be a new uh, trend. To be so. honest, Ben, I wish like I could get into Maxion, and I guess betting on it would help, but like, it just – doesn't do it for me. I bet randomly on Ohio money line yesterday and won some money. That was pretty cool. That's huge. It was oh. such an easy bet too. They just really covered very easily. Um, <clears throat> I'm gonna go with Tennessee plus twelve and a half here. I think that's a little too many points for one of my favorite coaches in the league right now. I think honestly ever Mike Vrabel, the Mike <laughs> Vrabel coach team. Um, he just gets those guys fired up for like these big type of games. So 
<clears throat> Give me Tennessee plus 12 and a half. Well, my thing here is I also have Tennessee plus 12 and a half. Like, this is clearly a line as if Malik Willis is going to play again. Because they wouldn't be favored by this much if Tannehill was playing. Not that Tannehill's that great, but like, yeah. The ten- Titans are 5 and 2 with like a good running game and good defense. Like, that's just like far too many points. That's just my assumption. Um, either way, I'm again going to just take the take the points. Hate all these picks. Hate all these games. That's life. But these games suck. Uh, Monday Night Football: Baltimore at New Orleans is a solid matchup. I wish New Orleans had like a likable quarterback to kind of get things going, um, but they don't have a single one on their roster. Um, Zach, how do you see that one going? I'm going to go New Orleans plus three. Um, I think the I mean, home field advantage in New Orleans is just always so heavy. And I think they'll just try and stop whatever Lamar does, just hone in on him. Ben? Yeah. <clears throat> I think <clears> – <throat> sorry. I think New Orleans wins this game straight up, so I'm going to take the spread um, plus three. I do think the home field advantage for New Orleans is just crazy. Um, they suck on the road, though. They're really awful on the road, but that <laughs> – for some reason in that dome, they just go crazy and pull out crazy games and finishes. So New Orleans plus three, especially in prime time. Yeah. I think they know they have to like win these type of games to even like compete, you know, and try and make the playoffs. So New Orleans yeah. plus three. And for uh Gleason, right? ALS. They have to win these. <clears throat> yeah. If that's happening, that's yeah. The that's New Orleans, big. then New Orleans minus three. Um, I took Baltimore minus three just because I like them more than New Orleans. You know what I want for Christmas, though, as we get closer to that, Ben, is I want Michael Thomas and Jarvis Landry to consider playing in football games. Yeah. Um, number one on my Christmas wish list right now. Um, but for the time being, I'll be taking Baltimore minus three. Also, to add to these spreads, just looking at the schedule. So Yes, love it. The Colts are plus five and a half in New England. Um, that game should get canceled. It should get canceled, but the uh, acquisition of Zach Moss, I mean, that just takes that team to the next level. Uh, but I actually kind of like that. Colts on the road, kind of cool. And then the other one that's close to it is Bears at home, plus five and a half against the Dolphins. Um, Bears are hot and playing at home. Dolphins hot weather, Bears cold weather. If it, dro- if it gets to five and a half, that'd be a cool one to take. An update on my plus five and a half spreads. If you didn't take Central Michigan plus five and a half, you're losing money tonight. <laughs> That's they're up twenty. So yeah. Meanwhile, Ben, we scrapped Ben's betting corner because it's just been a non-existent <laughs> uh, segment. I also scrapped my Skags lock of the week because those have just been going south quickly. Um, <laughs> the one thing I would like to shout out from a betting perspective, um, FanDuel is my official betting provider. I'm not agreed right now. Um, it's not their fault, actually. I shouldn't say that. I'm not happy with Rob Manfred, the MLB commissioner. I had never seen the board clearer than I did on Monday night. Mm. Just like Bryce Harper. We were talking, obviously, all day making bets together, Ben. But Bryce Harper and T. Higgins to the moon. I had fucking $1 parlays to win, like, eight grand. Like, there was some real stuff happening. And when the World Series game got postponed due to rain, it just – it literally fucked the Monday night football game. The most yeah. – Completely gone. Like that game, like the Bengals literally would have won by like 21 had the world not been canceled. That's what's and T. Happened. Higgins would have scored four touchdowns. 
Four might have been excessive, but like the game just would have been dramatically different. And then the worst part about it is last night, the, the game gets rescheduled to last night. Bryce Harper hits a home run. I have yeah. Phillies to win the first five innings. Phillies by three in the first five innings. Phillies to win by three and a half. They were like underdogs as it was. Like the whole fucking nine yards. And I'm like, look at all my fucking parlays that would have hit if Rob Manfred didn't exist. All right, quick question. To avoid this type of stuff, like new MLB stadiums, new baseball stadiums that are built yeah. or like renovated, maybe they should put retractable roofs on them. Or maybe God should stop making it rain. Well, unfortunately, yeah, I listen, that would be a good one, but unfortunately we can't do much about that. I mean, maybe well, like way harder. Maybe as a Jew I can do that because we're supposed to control the weather, but like I don't think I can really do it, unfortunately. I just think the retractable roof is a good idea. The reason why I bring this up is because they became a little bit of a Twitter hotspot for me. Oh, I'm shocked, man. You were getting into it on Twitter with someone? Over fucking retractable roofs. These people were very passionate. Yeah. I saw your tweet. To be honest, I can't tell you how often I like go in and I'm like, I can't believe Ben like actually tweeted about this. But here we are. And it's so great. Just every topic imaginable, Ben. You're versatile. Thank you. Appreciate that. Um, Ben, you want to stick around for any of this interview or you got to go? What's your story? <clears throat> um, yeah, they just got home. I should probably head out, but, um, I wish you guys the best of luck. Please ask Zach my questions <laughs> and, uh, be well and prosperous. Thank you for being with us, Ben. Thank you, Ben. Adios, fellas. Yeah. Peace on earth. Peace on earth. <clears throat> we are back. Just Zachy Ferrando and I on the couch. What's up? What's up? What's this beer we're drinking? We're drinking. Oh, I got it. <laughs> we're Odell Limited Edition. Odell, my favorite brewery in Colorado. It Just is cracked one. Juicy Tempo. Juicy Tempo. Seven point seven percent alcohol by volume. It's an IPA, of course, because that's all we drink. <coughs> um, Zach, four and four, sixth place. The Darren Narwallers. You've had more success from a wins and championships perspective than anyone else in our league, so congrats to that. Thank you. Uh, while there is plenty of talent on the roster, this might have been the year with the most uncertainty heading in for the Narwhalers. Uh, that being said, you've rattled off three straight wins, sitting at four and four, sixth and final playoff spot. How are we feeling at this point in the season? Yeah, it's been an interesting season. I'd say going into it, I felt pretty good about <clears throat> my options. If my team had come out hot, playing well, some of the, then I would have said, "Let's let's go for it." Um, I think I started out one and three or something like that, one and four. Um, yeah, I think one and four because you got three straight wins. Yeah, so one and four, and I was like, "Holy shit, my team sucks! Why is no one playing well?" I also some bugs on the injury side. So, um, yeah, kind of. Went the opposite direction of what I wanted to, obviously, but then started winning them. Mm-hmm. And like DeAndre Hopkins was a big part of that. Some of my older guys are a big part of that. Um, but kind of with the increase, a couple more injuries, I'm like, okay, well, I don't think that I have what it takes to, to win or even it'd be potential to make the playoffs. Um, so that's kind of where. I've I've hit into a bit of a rebuilding phase, not a Bosco teardown by any means. Right. But um, definitely some of these guys I can leverage. DeAndre Hopkins, for example. 
to trade to someone who's in contention and get a future draft pick or if there were young players involved. Um, it's just kind of hard to trade for young players in this league in general. Sure. But, yeah. Yeah, it's got to be guys really that, like, you see some upside in and, like, don't have that much value on paper per se, but you kind of just get lucky and that they hit or something. Yeah. Because everyone else just, just feels so strongly. Yeah, we talked a little bit about the injury, but we don't really even need to get into this question. But Javante going out for the year, Trey Lance out for the year, Mike Williams recently, Zeke for a couple games, Jonathan Taylor for a game or two. I forget if it was one or two. Irv Smith recently. Depth's certainly been tested. Kind of already talked about that, though. Um, will Chase Claypool be better in Chicago than he was in Pittsburgh? Well, I sure as hell hope um, Chicago. I think... George, even though he's had like some like, he's kind of rattled off three pretty good games in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that had to do with Pittsburgh trying to up his his draft capital or his capital for a trade. Yep, um, threw for a tutty last week. Yeah, that was sick. I was expecting Bosco to give the uh, Zach dot 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 text. <laughs> I love it when he does that. Usually it's for Christian Watson, but we haven't seen much of him. Um, but yeah, I I think now he doesn't have as much competition. That being said, he's on a team that doesn't throw as much. So, kind of in between. Have to see a couple of weeks. See how the chemistry works uh, with him and Fields. Um, but, yeah. Overall, I think George Pickens is a really good wide receiver. I don't think Deontay Johnson is going anywhere. So, that just would have been a, a, yeah. a clogged wide receiving room. I agree. And I think I feel better about Justin Fields than Kenny Pickett. Not by like a ton, but... Obviously, he's had another year, which helps. Um, I like the idea that like they're kind of they're gonna invest a lot of resources next year. I think they'll either draft a receiver or try to sign one because they're gonna have a shit ton of money. I think they're gonna improve the offensive line. I think the Bears will be interesting next year, kind of like not to like the Eagles or Dolphins level because those teams have a little bit more juice going on. But I feel like the Bears are trying to follow that model, like hey, let's surround them with a ton of talent year three, see if he can really take off. Um. You and I made the trade this week involving DeAndre Hopkins in my 2023-1. Talked a little about trades earlier. Any other trades on the horizon for the Narwhalers? Anyone you want to shout out here? Um, yeah, I think the, the general um, like consistent player type that I'm looking to trade is generally that like 27 and older. Um, but it can still help out a, a team running for a playoff this year, next year, and even the, the following year. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be interesting once OBJ gets back. God, uh, see what, to come back soon. See where he goes, if he can get enough hype and put up some points in the first couple of weeks. What's your preferred destination for him? I mean, everything I'm hearing is like... One of like the big content. I mean, obviously the Rams, the Bills would be insane. Mm-hmm. Um, I've even heard the Eagles. Throw, it's like anyone who's like leading their division. Yeah. Um, but I'd say, I mean, the Chiefs would be really sick. I, I think Juju's come out in this these last couple of weeks as as the main wide receiver there. But throw him and Juju across from him. I don't. There's no one really else that is showing off there. Um, and they just throw the ball. Well, obviously Travis Kelsey, but. They just throw the ball like fucking every fucking play. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, any of them, I think, creates enough hype. And I think he's still good enough for, like, three seasons because I think he's, what, 30? Yeah, he'll turn 30 shortly. Yeah. So Apparently he's closer to returning. He's not fully back as far as actually, like, being ready to play. But 
That'll be something that's interesting to follow, that's for sure. Yep. Yeah, other player, I mean, I'd throw like Zeke in that area where he probably has two solid. We'll, we'll see what happens with Pollard and everything. Mike Williams, I think he's like in the right spot at the right time with Herbert and their offense. They're not looking great this year, but um, I think towards the end of the season, we'll start to see some, some quality play from Herbert and just Chargers in general. Yeah. Get Keenan back. Um, Devontae, but that's still... It's expensive. It's, it'd be expensive. Bring the bag. Yeah, but but I'd say uh, I, I wouldn't hold off from trading him, but he, he is so fucking sick. He really is. His one catch for seven yards last week was not sick, but... Yeah. I, mean, I don't know what... What the fuck on. happened to your Raiders last week? Not my Raiders. Oh, sorry. So not your Broncos, <laughs> not your Raiders. Where are we now? We need a team. Though. My fan... I like, tell, I have my Falcons. I tell everyone this, I root for my fantasy team. <laughs> That's right. Hell yeah. Also, if anyone needs tight ends, holler. <laughs> yeah, you've got them all. Um, let's stick... We're going to stay in football and finish this off. Ben had a couple questions for him. Um, first one, I was also going to ask you to rank your, your top four quarterbacks. But then Ben <laughs> came up with a funnier question without even seeing mine. So we're going to go kill, fuck, marry, and adopt. <laughs> a nice little wrinkle there. Adopt. Kill, fuck, marry, adopt. Tyler Huntley, Trey Lance, Zach Wilson, Kenny Pickett. Oh, man. This is tough. Yeah. Well, okay. I'd marry Tyler Huntley. That's like a given. <laughs> um, Perfect. I'd probably... Fuck Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. just because he is such so sick and just such a cutie pie, you know. Yeah. <laughs> just good looking dude. Um, I'd adopt Trey Lance. I can't get mad at the guy. He got hurt. Yeah. And I'd kill Kenny Pickett. Yeah. I think that's yeah. Pickett, I want him to do well. He kind of seems like he's got a little bit of swagger despite his long hair, but like. God, they struggle. I feel like their offensive coordinator is terrible. I, just, I think the, t- the team as a whole, like their defense isn't even that good this year. I know. TJ Watt going out hurt bad. But yeah, they just don't seem like the same like high-flying offense as they used to be. No. And, and they I, have I, weapons, but... Yeah, but I don't think that like completely falls on Kenny Pickett. Like no. He has a couple games, like three interceptions, but they'll come at like Hail Marys at the end of the half or right. at, at the end of the game. Not saying that he's doing well, but... Yeah. Some of his stat lines are kind of interesting to look at. A little bit misleading. I agree. Uh, last question from Ben regarding football. Is there a random up-and-coming tight end or wide receiver that you love that we will all dislike that you can share with us? Oh, my God. I love that. Are we talking college or are we talking... I don't know. I think it was just like a shot at like you hyping up like a Jawan Johnson or, <laughs> <laughs> or Huntley. None of us hate Huntley, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay, I, here's a quick story. Remember that Casey Thompson guy who took over at Texas that one game and looked really sick? Yes. And we were talking about him being the GOAT. He's the quarterback in Nebraska this year. <laughs> and so when I went to the Nebraska game this past week, he was starting. And I knew that because I'd watched the game earlier. But I'm like, holy shit, this is where this guy fucking ended up. And speaking of, I really wanted to, just because we're in the middle of fucking America, going to some random-ass games would be so fun. <laughs> yeah. But to answer that question... Um, so I'm a big fan of the two well John Mechie unfortunate mm-hmm. for him to, just due to health I'm pretty hyped on him I wouldn't say he falls in that bucket but Justin Ross he just like fell off 
Yeah. Just due to injury and just his back, he has some back issue or whatever. Um, I think he's on Will's team. He took him literally a pick before I was going to take him in the draft. Yeah. But I think the best person in this is Danny Gray, who (laughs) who you had mentioned earlier in the, in the, in the podcast. Um, he just is so fucking fast. He's an SMU pony. Ah, that's right. The sickest jerseys ever. Um, that's where we need to go, Zach. We need to just drive down to Texas, to Texas for an SMU game. Down for a weekend. Yeah. Find like an SMU night, Friday night or game. Like and month, then go to Austin. A month where like four schools are at home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd say he falls under that category of like random ass why I'm sure I'll because we have so many Niners fans, like they obviously know who he is, but yeah. he had that like Has long, he been playing? Well he had that long T D catch in preseason right. from Trey. Uh no, he hasn't really been playing. He's dealing with a little bit of an injury issue. Um, other randos. Not That's a good question. Not until they end up on your team, and then they'll become. Like it's not the kind of thing you really like. Scout all of a sudden, you just see a guy, and you're like okay, like yeah. Well, and the, the thing with like Juwan Johnson, that was like a six four wide receiver from Oregon who got good play, just didn't quite. I, the the Saints like drafted him. Like, as a tight end. I don't even know how it worked out. But he must he, have bulked up, like, during the pre-draft process or something. Yeah, and so they basically had him as a wide receiver hitting that tight end, and he scored, like, two touchdowns and two games back-to-back to start the season. I remember season. that, yeah. I was like, okay, this guy's a TD hound. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'd say I'd say uh, Danny Gray and, like, Justin Ross, he's not really, like, that spot because he's well-known because of his huge season. Right. But he's really fallen off the radar where I do think he'll come back and be someone. Beautiful. All right, let's switch sports here, Zach. Uh, one of your other favorite sports, golf. Uh, mm-hmm. The Live season just wrapped up. I know for those who don't follow golf, everyone's heard of Live. Um, but Live is a Saudi-backed golf tour. You can only watch it on YouTube. Uh, it has a team concept that makes no sense at all. They play on courses that have no history. The tournaments themselves almost seem meaningless. Uh, but all that being said, Zach, what does the future of professional golf look like moving forward, do you think? Yeah. Um, they took some big big names, for sure. Yeah, so first of all, it really is just a money grab. Um, it's going on in every sport. You can say like what's going on with like college football um, and all these yeah, conferences and everything like that. Um, the aspect, so like basically the way I put it to anyone is... If someone came to me and said the Saudi-backed whatever fund is going to buy Yex, the company I work at, and they're going to pay me $2 million a year, and they're going to only make me work Monday through Wednesday, I'd be pretty hard-pressed to quit my job. <laughs> right. Like, that's a huge pay bump. I only have to work three days a week. But I would feel like a piece of shit because I'm only working three days a week. And and I'm not like bettering myself in a career standpoint, I guess. Yeah. And and like, if if these players who were joining Live were coming out and saying like, "Hey, I'm doing it for the money." I think Harold Varner has been the closest one who's kind of said like, "Hey, like this was put in front of me, the opportunity of a lifetime to be able to pay for my family, a place I never thought I'd be." Right. Like he literally said it was for the money. Um, but everyone else is saying it's like better the game. Yeah. And it's just a load of fucking horseshit because it doesn't better the game. If this succeeds, there basically would be 
like 60 professional golfers in the world and there'd be no money left over for all the development that the PGA does. Right. So I ultimately think that the PGA will win this. Um, also for these players to like get so greedy in the process of, of like making $20 million a year isn't enough for them. Plus whatever they make in sponsorships, mm-hmm. like call it 50 million for DJ in, in your top years. It's, it's pretty tough bad luck um but ultimately i think that the the way that they're looking at it just doesn't work for the future of golf yeah. if it if it if everyone goes to it then we're all screwed um but i, I just don't see it being a long-lasting sustainable uh method for golf for yeah professional golf I agree, and it'll be interesting because, in theory, up like until they completely change it, like these people are still eligible for the majors, yeah. but that's the only tournaments where they'll cross paths, and it'll just be such a, a hot topic and just like really interesting, because you know people are battling. I mean, Rory and Phil are going back and forth all the time, from what I can tell, um, and it's hilarious too because Phil continues to say he's like, I've never been the biggest Phil fan, but I thought he was entertaining and like mildly likable, and now he's pretty rough. Um, but he just keeps on like reiterating like lives here to stay all this stuff and I'm like I don't deny that lives here to stay it's just no one's going to be watching that's all like I bet it's going to keep happening because they clearly have a fuck ton of money but like there's like no one cares is the reality like like I keep telling people I've told you this I feel like I watch a shit ton of golf like maybe more than anyone I know right just because I'm a crazy sports person and I legitimately forget that live exists until I run across Twitter and someone says, oh, there's an event. I'm like, oh, yeah, Liv is still going on. <laughs> like, it is so <laughs> outside of my realm of following sports. And I follow everything, uh, specifically golf on a very, you know, intense level. And so that's the hilarious part to me. Um, no, but I, I mean, I couldn't agree more where it's like someone came out like last week saying like, oh, so like this. Apparently the season ended last week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK, cool. And they were talking about the standings like I couldn't have told you. Who won a single tournament? No. Like, they're just so off my radar. And, and to your, I watch golf. If it's on TV during workdays, it's generally on in the background for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it's just, like, so irrelevant for people who actually watch golf. Yeah. And you can't even watch it. It's on YouTube. Right. Which, like, nowadays, like, we have the technology to, like, pull it off. Don't get me wrong if we wanted to make the effort. But it's still just, like, such a poor, like, version yeah. of the product. Well, and it's, like, uh, Max or in our golf group they'll post something about like Phil or any of those players who went over and I'm like, Oh wow. He didn't retire from golf. <laughs> yeah. They still play golf. Right. Kinda. Right. Yeah. And the nice thing is as much as they got a lot of big names, no one was too heartbreaking necessarily. DJ, I do like a lot. So it sucked, but it's like, okay, it makes sense. Like quite frankly, dude, like I can't believe you lasted this long in professional <laughs> golf. Like I thought you would just like retire and just like go on a boat with Paulina or something. Um, <laughs> Brooks, I did like, you know, for most of his career, so that was kind of a bummer. Cam Smith was the big one, though. That's a young player, a lot of talent, yeah. a lot of swagger, Australian, had a lot going for him. Had just won his first major. That one hurt, definitely. But other than that, I mean, guys like Bryson was a perfect guy to go over. Phil, late in his career, Sergio, Lee Westwood, a lot of these guys. Doesn't bother me in the slightest. I'm like, cool. If we want to, like, league, like, it's almost like Champions League, but with, like, way more money. Not Champions League. Champions Tour. <laughs> but with way more money. I'm like, all right, cool. Older dudes. Europeans. We don't care. Do your thing. Whatever. Like, I truly wouldn't bother me in the slightest. Yeah. A lot of the guys who've gone, it makes sense. Yeah. And it's almost Neiman like... Neiman Hurt. That was another young guy. Yeah. 
it's like a it's like a middle ground for where you're top tier PGA and then you want a middle ground before yeah. you go to the elderly clubs. Exactly. I love that. All right. We're good with live golf. We're, Enough we're golf. good with sports altogether. Uh, let's get personal, Zach. You recently closed on a house with your girlfriend, Kathleen, here in Denver. Under contract. Under contract. I don't know what that means, but let's hear the details. Basically, under contract is you've committed to it, but there's still a process to close on it. Okay. To be our house. Um, but yeah, it's an awesome spot. Uh, it dropped $100,000, and we still offered under, and it was accepted. So Huge. now going through that process to figure out what that final price is. Um, but it is cool. I n- never thought I'd really be owning a house anytime soon. Where is it? It's over in Bonnie Bray. It's a three bed, two bath, so plenty of room for the boys. You got to remember when it happened, we were getting very drunk on that Saturday, so we did. I don't remember a lot of details. Dude, you were hammered that day. I hammered. loved it. Um, we played pretty good beer pong, too. Not great snappa or beer I'm eye. terrible at beer yeah. <laughs> I was dropping it every time. Yeah, you, you I can't catch. Um, but... Yeah, that was a really fun day, huge celebration, and then we close. The close is technically on the tenth, so that will be a a fun night. The Fingers crossed. Of, knock on wood of November, so okay. coming up in eight days. Cool. Um, but yeah, maybe one year we do a, a draft destination in Denver. Yeah, I can house some of the boys. I'll tell Cat. We just have to put together like a fund for Kathleen to be out of the house, <laughs> or pick a weekend that she's on like a bachelorette she'll, she'll or something. She'll be fine. Get her up in the mountains with Anna and friends. Perfect. But, but yeah, we're, we're really excited. And anyone who needs to come out to Denver, Fuck you, know, yeah. you always got a roof yeah. now. Leading candidate for 2025, without question. What's <laughs> um, 2024? Boise. Oh, <laughs> at the pocket? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so hyped on that. Yeah, locked in. South Tahoe next year. Um, I've been told by many sources that a proposal will be happening soon. Uh, end of 2022, it's November 2nd, clock's ticking. Uh, you do not have to provide detail here, but just figure that out. Because I believe last year during the interview, I asked a similar question. <laughs> um, well, I need to know who this contact is, first of all. We'll talk af- offline after this. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah. Oh, yeah, who are my sources? Yeah, give me, yeah we'll talk about the sources after okay. this. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'd say there's a proposal imminent. Um, it'll be around that timeline, but likely a little after everyone who will we'll know about it. So yeah, sounds it's, good. it's a t- tough subject to get into yeah. well, in public, you know? Oh, I absolutely understand. Thank Especially you. when I bet like Dan was your, or like Scott. No, no this is Mary Carol. This is wow. Cause she gossiped with the gals, you know? Wow. At Maxie's wedding. Yep. No, um, I, I, so I did hear that Kathleen also said, oh, I know it's before the end of the year. I was like, who the hell told you that? <laughs> Gossip. All right. It's probably Dan. Probably Dan, if I had to guess. You've lived in Colorado for close to a year now, if my math's correct. Uh, how has it been? Highs, lows? Honestly, it's really cool. Um, obviously, I have you, Dakota, and then some of the Boulder guys. Rob, obviously. Jesus Christ. Um... I mean, the seasons are sweet. You know when to play golf. You know when to ski. I love to do both. Um, yeah, also, there's just like... It doesn't seem foreign, but it all seems kind of new. Uh-huh. And there's just like way cooler shit to do here than in like San Francisco. Like, root, you can actually go to a rooftop bar. They have uh, golf simulator rooms. Those are sick. Uh, the 
all the stadiums are all right within walking distance of downtown, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And you can just drive to the mountains in like an hour and 20 minutes. Um, just feel pretty active, you know? Sounds good. What are some of the lows? Lows? Um, I guess it's funny. I guess a low would be living with Kathleen's family. But it's been great. <laughs> but... Um, I mean, it's a lot to live with parents. I couldn't imagine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't really know if there's been many lows. Sorry. Yeah. We don't need them. Uh, speaking of Colorado. Okay, missing the guys back home. That'll be my low. Well, glad we got that in there. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> rank, uh, speaking of Colorado teams, rank the four professional sports teams in order of your preference, not how good they are. But how would you go from a rooting perspective for the four Colorado teams? It's so funny. I saw this question earlier, and I was like, I don't even know three of them, really. I don't want three of them on my list. Right. But obviously, number one is the Abs. Yeah, day one um, fan. Day one fan. Uh, they're just so sick, and the games are awesome. I love hockey now. I uh, love puck. Uh, number two is DU hockey. Go Pios. Um, I've heard it's the best uh, deal in town from Neil Dermody. Their their stadium is epic. Number three, I'd go with the Rapids. Um, how, haven't made how, it out. Did to, they do haven't year? made it out to Dicks, but their colors are so sick. The maroon and baby blue. I know it shouts Boston. Yeah, like the Abs. Like the Abs. Um, three, I'd go with. Wait, the, how'd they do this season? Uh, they made it to some playoff. I don't know what level we're anti MLS in this league. Yeah, but I I I do I do want to go to some games. Yeah. Um, and for those who don't know, Dicks is Dicks Sporting Good. Yeah. Park. Yeah, not just Dicks. Yeah. Uh, actually, plug before the Avs, or sorry, in between the Avs and the DU Pios, uh, the Buffs go Colorado Buffs. Football those, or basketball. Uh, football and then basketball. Okay. Um, that game was just so epic on the trail bus. And then and then we come into the other semi-professional sports, the Rockies. They're great games to go to. Um, and they play the Giants when they're in town. After that would be, I guess, the Broncos. Went to a game. Don't really ever need to go to an NFL game ever again. Uh, so real. And then the Nuggets. I, like, the NBA can go fuck itself. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, last question for you. If you could challenge one league member to a hall brawl at the in-person draft next year, who would it be? Uh, for clarification on a hall brawl, this is something that we did in our dorms freshman year at Arizona. You know, you have the walls around you, so it's a pretty narrow space to just, like, you know, get in a fight with someone uh, in a playful, wrestling way. I love it. Um, ben used to throw up every time he was challenged for <laughs> Who would always win? It would depend. I, I don't even remember. Um, I feel like, I feel like I'll, I'll go with Travis <laughs> yes. because if I lose, that's expected. Mm-hmm. If I win though, like, holy shit. Yeah. It's like your legacy changes forever. The Bills versus the Jets this week. <laughs> <laughs> like, you think the Jets keep it close? No. 
Uh, I like Robert Sala's what they're doing lately. I do too. But I wish Zach Wilson was better. Yeah. I started rooting for him once he fucked his mom's friend, but I'm like, fuck, he's just struggling. Yeah. I. He throws a lot of interceptions and has some bad decisions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think he'll he'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it has to be Trav. Trav. I don't want to fuck anyone up. Yeah, it's so real. <laughs> um. All right, Trav. Consider yourself warned for next year's in-person draft. Also, Trav pisses me off the most in trades. Yeah. We were literally so close to a trade today, and then completely changed at the end. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? That's the story of trading with Travis, unfortunately. It's just cold feet city. <laughs> it's just... I wish his name started with a C, so we could call him, like, cold feet. Connor. Chris. Connor. Um, all right, anything else, Aki? Um... Not really, man. I, th- I think we we made this one a long one, so I, d- I don't really have any other questions either. So Beautiful. I think we're good. Have a beautiful night, y'all. Later.